tell people. Now, some housekeeping. Um, number one, just specific to the petitions this evening. Number one, the properties have been posted. Uh, adjoining property owners have been noticed. Petition has been published in the newspaper, specifically the pilot. The petition has been also published on the Route County website. Um, all documents specific to the petitions this evening that have been received will be made part of the record. Uh, normally, these meetings are pretty much in, uh, in person. However, we have been known also to do what we like to call the hybrid combination of Zoom as well as in person. Uh, for those that are intending in person, I'd appreciate it, number one, if you would silence your cell phones. Number two, there's a sign-up sheet floating about. <clears throat> uh, you need to ignore the diagonal line that's drawn through it. <laughs> number two, we'd appreciate it if you print your name and I think address as well, so that we have a record of who's here and perhaps who may or may not be speaking. Um, for those that are attending by Zoom, uh, again, we'd appreciate it unless you're speaking to maintain the mute program. And then in terms of questions, uh, I know there's a feature at the bottom of the screen that provides for hand raising. Uh, if you would use that, fine. If for whatever the reasons that's not working or we're not seeing it or something along those lines, um, raise your hands or interrupt or whatever you have to do, but we'll figure it out and we'll find you um, when appropriate. Um, and with that, I'd like to call to order the December 1st meeting of the Ralph County Planning Commission. Sarah, if you would be so kind as to call the roll. Mm -hmm. Eve Monkey. Yes. Brian Kelly. Yes. Andrew Benjamin. Uh, David Miller. Yes. Phil Norris. Here. Craig Yeager. Here. Uh, Red Martin? Present. And Paul Okay, thank you, Sarah. For the record, we have a quorum. Uh, first order, uh, first item on the agenda is the approval of the minutes from the October 20th, 2022 Planning Commission meeting. Are there any additions, deletions, or corrections on the minutes as presented to you all? I move we approve the minutes from October 20, 2022 as presented. Thank you, Brian. There could be a second. Second. Thank you, Linda. All those in favor of approving the minutes from October 20th, 2022, please say yes. 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 Opposed say no. Minutes are approved. Next item on the agenda is uh, consent agenda. Uh, unless I hear something different, I'll entertain a motion to approve the consent agenda as presented. And move we approve the consent agenda as presented. Might there be a second? Second. Thank you, Linda. All those in favor of approving the consent agenda as presented, please signify by saying yes. 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 Both yes. say no. Consent consent agenda is approved. Next item on the this next item 
Item for consideration, activity PL2021004, petition for a special use permit for a gravel pit. Applicant is Tara, Tara Sanders. Um, normally, and this will not be changed, we typically expect to hear from and would like to hear from the petitioner and or the petitioner's representative, providing the commissioners and the public an outline of a proposed um, application, especially use. So, am I hearing or understanding correctly that the petitioner is represented by someone on Zoom? Do I know that? That is correct. Go ahead, Ken. Thank you, Mr. Chair, members of the commission. My name is Kent Holsinger. I'm the attorney for Tara Sanders, the applicant before you tonight. Uh, by way of background, I come from a ranching family over the divide in North Park. And uh, prior to private practice, I worked on the Hill in DC and as assistant director of Colorado's Department of Natural Resources. We're a natural resources oriented law firm. Uh, with us in person tonight is uh, Tara Sanders, our client, uh, and her brother, uh, Brett Look. Um, Tara and Brett are from a longtime uh, Route County family. And uh, also with us tonight via Zoom is Tony Waldron, uh, our consultant and consultant for Ms. Sanders. He's the former supervisor of the Division of Reclamation, Mining and Safety, or DRMS's minerals program. And just a quick side note there, um, we have a dual track process here where uh, we require state permitting and approval through DRMS uh, for mining and reclamation activities um, governed under state law. In addition to, of course, the special use permit uh, under Route County's jurisdiction. And we'll talk a little bit about um, the distinctions there uh, where state law applies, uh, where uh, county regulations apply. And uh, some of the circumstances are quite similar to the controversies you may have all heard of in the oil and gas world. And until some pretty dramatic changes to the oil and gas statutes in recent years, uh, there were many preemption cases um, sorting out those issues of what are the proper roles of the state under state statute and local governments under uh, its uh, authority? Uh, and finally, with us here tonight is Sarah Ostby. Uh, Sarah is our senior paralegal at Holsinger Law and all around rock star and in charge of our presentation tonight. Next. Um, so, Tara Sanders bought this property in 2020. It's approximately 35 acres, and on this property was an unpermitted existing gravel pit. Um, we're here before you tonight uh, relative to a special use permit application. Um, as we talked about, uh, we've actually already received the DRMS permit back in April. Um, but before you tonight is the question of uh, limited resource extraction activities, um, on a dramatically smaller scale than we initially proposed or DRMS approved. And the goal is to gain compliance here. Um, this pit has been in existence at least through 2005. Uh, our client understood from the prior owner and from the size of the extraction, it's pretty clear that materials were used offsite in the past. 
Um, so we're left with an existing 50 foot high wall uh, that Tony will talk in some detail about. It's a dangerous condition uh, that needs to be addressed. Um, and, and one of the primary drivers behind our plan as uh, revised. Next. So um, the reason we're here today is uh, Tara received a notice of violation because they were concerned about the high wall on the property and her and her brother had plans to um, try to cut that down to improve safety on the property. And in the meantime, uh, to use material to create a building site for a barn on the property and to sell some materials offsite too. So June of 2021, um, Route County issued its notice of violation because of these unpermitted activities. And uh, Tara was directed to either obtain a special use permit and take other actions necessary to permit or to cease operation and reclaim the site. And this is a key factor for us because it set us down the path that got us to where we are now. Um, we've always intended to work very hard to bring the site into compliance, both at the state level and at the local level. Um, however, we've gone in with the expectation that if we did that, um, that indeed we could earn a special use permit and go ahead and reclaim this condition and use the material necessary to be moved off site. In either event, um, it requires that permit from DRMS. Um, and so, uh, Sarah, go ahead and next slide. So relative to the plan for compliance that the county asked us to submit, on June 17th, we did so, saying that uh, Ms. Sanders intended to obtain a special use permit for the operation and proceed with permitting through DRMS through what's called a 110 permit. Now, DRMS has different levels of permits for different activities. A 110 permit is its smallest it allows mining and reclamation on up to 10 acres or less. Uh, 112 permits, of which there are several in the county currently, are significantly larger and significantly more intense. So once we submitted this plan for compliance, the response from Route County was, thank you for submitting your plan. It is hereby approved. And again, in reliance upon that, uh, we've undertaken significant efforts to try to do so. Next slide, please. Uh, DRMS also issued a, a notice of violation for uh, the unpermitted activities. And so again, uh, we did apply and receive um, a 110C permit from the Division of Reclamation, Mining and Safety. Next slide. Relative to permitting requirements, uh, these are some of those key distinctions between where state law occupies the field and uh, county zoning regulations are in place. And in fact, the DRMS authorizing statute addresses just those issues. It says that no governmental office of the state or any political subdivision shall have the authority to issue a reclamation permit or to require reclamation standards 
different than those established in this article. Um, it goes on to recognize the proper role of uh, municipal and county regulation as well. And it's under that dual track that we've proceeded. Next slide. So again, um, Tara has uh, put a significant amount of effort into uh, trying to come into compliance in the property. Um, the permit from DRMS was received on April 21, 2022. Uh, that's been submitted to staff as well as all documentation um, along with it, uh, which is uh, readily available on the DRMS website. Now, part and parcel with the state requirements are uh, following air pollution and, and state waters concerns. Uh, those issues were squarely addressed within Miss um, Sanders' DRMS permit uh, in, in both regards. Next, please. Now, initially, when we applied to the county, um, we applied consistent with the DRMS permit for up to 9.95 acres per our application and permit. Um, but after uh, a series of interactions and a meeting with county staff, uh, we have significantly revised the application and dramatically cut it back to um, what's described on the DRMS permit Oh, I'm sorry, was there a question? No. Okay. Um, what was described on the DRMS permit is phase one. So what we're asking the county to do in the special use permit application would be to recognize a greatly scaled back application for a special use permit only affecting 4.33 acres of Terra's 35 acre parcel and the disturbance itself on that acreage would, would only look like about two acres. Now, in terms of the layout around the site, Tara's residence is far and away the closest to the site at about 835 feet by our Google Earth measurements. Um, there are three other residences all of which are in excess of 1,500 feet in excess of a quarter mile away from the site. The site itself is located in the natural depression. Um, so there is virtually no visibility to the site from the county road or from any of the other residences. Next. Um, part and parcel with those distances, uh, the county has uh, expressed concerns with noise and per county regulations, uh, section 9.2D, um, we are to comply with state noise standards within 150 feet of any residence. Um, again, here we are vastly further away from that, um, such that uh, noise should not be an issue. In addition, um, we have voluntarily agreed to limit use of Jake brakes on, uh, on the trucks, uh, the dump trucks that would operate uh, as well. Next, please. Um, this is just a, uh, a, a visual of where the property is and where the site lies. Uh, the next slide shows us a good depiction of the access road to the, to the site. Um, you, you might notice County Road 129 in the lower left part of your screen. Uh, that red bar depicts um, the portion of the access road used by another residence. 
uh, roughly 120 feet off the county road um, to where this uh, landowner Myers driveway um, begins and heads up um, opposite uh, direction from the site. Uh, Tara Sanders residence is up above the site and a little bit to the right. And uh, the next residence uh, down and to the right of the site. Um, next slide, please. Uh, the access road itself um, is infrequently used other than the, the Myers, which do use that first 120 feet of the road. Uh, Tara Sanders is the only residence on the access road. Uh, so use is very infrequent and Tara is far and away the most frequent user of the road. Um, and per the county standards, we believe the existing access road is um, of sufficient width. That's a, a question that staff has raised and um, they have recommended uh, doubling the width of the road, which is not necessary or appropriate under county standards. Uh, with the photos of the existing site, I'll turn over to Tony Waldron, please. Thank you, Kent. And uh, we're going to start by looking at some photos of the site um, as it exists uh, pretty much today. This is uh, the road, access road to the left there, uh, next to the two vehicles. And then we'd be looking more or less to the north. We'll go ahead and scan uh, back to the middle with the next slide, please. Uh, so now this is just moving to the right from that last photo. You can see the extent of the high wall. Uh, there's probably a couple of uh, topsoil, older topsoil stockpiles that are on top of there. Uh, it's a pretty significant uh, high wall. It's pretty vertical. And next slide, please. And you can uh, see right there uh, the extent of it. It's estimated to be uh, 50 feet high. Um, in some places, it'll be a little bit less than that, but uh, at the highest, it's 50 or just a little bit higher. Are there any questions about that? Okay, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and move on to the mining plan. So the mining plan was really developed with two things in mind. Uh, it was developed to mine out the entire 9.95 acres of a 110 permit. A 110 permit is less than 10 acres in size. And so uh, it was determined that we should go ahead and just permit the full size uh, of a 110. But with that in mind, the, um, it was done in two phases. And the first phase was going to be to ensure that reclamation occurs because um, that was the requirement from the violation that was issued by the state to Tara Sanders uh, was to obtain a permit to ensure that the site is reclaimed. And so phase one was certainly gonna do that. Uh, if at the end of phase one, there was an opportunity for additional mining, uh, it was going to be evaluated at that point and it's possible to go ahead and expand into phase two. As Kent said, after numerous uh, meetings with the county, it was uh, made clear that that was probably not likely to be approved. And so what we have done is scaled this back considerably. Um, 
it's scaled back and we just included phase one because there's going to be uh, the necessity to have some equipment moving around. You don't want to limit yourself and get, get out of bounds. So uh, it's 4.33 acres, but as we discussed, we're really intending to just reclaim the site. So it's going to be about two acres of disturbance. Um, it's kind of important to understand when you're reclaiming a site, the, there's, there's three components mainly, but the first one is geotechnical stability. And if you don't have geotechnical stability, you're gonna have issues with erosion, uh, settling, um, just all sorts of problems, establishment of vegetation. There could be a, a lot of numerous, numerous things that can go wrong if you don't have that good geotechnical stability. So that is first and foremost. And the way we determined to establish that at this site was to cut the high wall back or down from the top. Uh, that way you have pretty good in-situ material that you can place topsoil on and then revegetate. Uh, you wanna have at least a three to one slope. That's what we've designed here. And um, that'll be around the perimeter of where that high wall was, where those photos were showing the, the cut of the high wall. It'll basically go from the toe of that back uh, approximately 150 feet, that would be the three to one slope. You can see here uh, the uh, kind of lighter green area in between the yellow line and the green line. That will be the reclaimed slope. That, that is gonna be the high wall that'll get cut down. So right now it's vertical where that yellow line kind of is. And then uh, from the toe of that going back to the top of the slope where the green line is, that would be uh, pretty much a three to one slope around the perimeter of this. You can see that <clears throat> the rest of that pink area, <clears throat> excuse me, that's outlined as phase one. However, uh, the majority of that is not gonna be disturbed. So I think it's about a little, little more than four acres and you can see that it'll just be half of that. And really it's the amount necessary in order to regrade the high wall to a three to one slope and get it properly reclaimed. But in order to do that, uh, some of that material is gonna need to be removed from the site. Um, as I said, we wanna have an in-situ base of good geotechnical stability. And that's what we're really shooting for here. That'll also allow us to salvage enough topsoil to properly replace on those slopes uh, in order to ensure uh, proper revegetation. Next slide, please. So there'll be three to one slopes around the perimeter of phase one. That's gonna be basically starting at the, the bottom of where those photos showed the bottom of that high wall. It'll be cut back up to the top, roughly 150 feet. Um, prior to cutting those, the topsoil will be salvaged and uh, stockpiled above the high wall, above the top of the slope. Um, once that's done, slopes will be topsoiled and reseeded and revegetated. And then uh, also part of the reclamation plan is to create a level building equipment envelope site. And that'll be graded and covered with gravel. And some of the material on site will be used to uh, build that level site. Um, and then just at the toe, uh, the lower portion off to the Southwest corner, there's gonna be a sediment trap that's gonna be constructed there. 
to manage any sediment that might uh, occur while while uh, construction is ongoing. Uh, and then finally, post-reclamation use will be consistent with the use of the property, which is rangeland, agriculture, pasture. Right now, I think it's zoned agriculture and forestry, but certainly we'll meet that agricultural post-mining land use. So you can see here what the reclamation plan will be. It's similar to what the, the mining plan looks like. Um, see where the three to one slopes will be. You can uh, see where the building envelope will be at the base of it. Next, Are there any questions about that before we move on? Okay. Uh, so here are a couple of photos uh, from above the high wall that I think will illustrate probably what the site is gonna look like uh, if it's properly reclaimed. Uh, there's, you can see it's uh, grass, it's kind of pasture land. That fence is representing roughly the top of the slope uh, would be, that will be cut back. It'll probably be a little bit on the right side of that. Uh, you can see it's uh, pretty good vegetation there. And that's what I would anticipate uh, the site looking like. Uh, although it'll be a three to one slope, this is fairly level. Uh, you might, you know, kind of in the background to the right there, you can kind of see some more slope. It'll look something like that. Next slide, please. Uh, this is looking back to the kind of west, um, just showing the more shots of the vegetation. Uh, that's some topsoil that's at the top of the high wall where it currently exists. And then next slide, please. And then this is looking to the southwest, west-southwest. That fence line <clears throat> represents approximately the top of the uh, slope. Uh, so this material to the right of that is what's going to be removed. Uh, the topsoil will be first salvaged and placed on the left side of that fence. Uh, then the cut will, will ensue, will make a three to one slope. Topsoil will be replaced over that and it'll be revegetated at that point. Next slide, please. So, um, Currently, the presence of that high wall is really, it's not acceptable right now. It's, it presents a danger. Uh, also an attractive nuisance for people to go out there and, and do things they probably shouldn't be doing, try and ride motorcycles, four wheelers, things like that. So it does present a hazard at this time and uh, reclaiming it is gonna mitigate the, the main impact of that high wall. Um, the M DRMS obligation is to ensure that mined lands are returned to a beneficial use at the end of mining. We have made application for a permit with DRMS and received approval for that and posted a bond. And we've been issued a permit by DRMS. Um, as I said, that was basically, there, was, there were two phases and that bond was gonna cover both phases because uh, if the first part was mined out, uh, the reclamation impact would just move further inland. But as we've discussed, it's, it, that's not gonna happen. And we're, we're just down to this two acres and the bond is very adequate to uh, ensure that that gets done. The bond is just put up in the event that the operator doesn't complete the reclamation. The 
plan is for Tara and her brother to uh, do the reclamation. And then uh, they'll, once that happens, uh, the state will come out, conduct an inspection, ensure that it's been reclaimed according to the approved plan. And uh, then they'll be able to release the, the site. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is that with the state, it is a life of mine permit, but reclamation has to be completed uh, within five years of the completion of mining. So we're, we're going to have a little bit of a conflict with, with what the county is proposing at this time, and it's something I think we need to discuss uh, further this evening. Um, I think we've agreed to some extensive mitigation measures for the, for the SGP. And we've reduced the scope of the operation considerably. Uh, really, we've reduced it to the point of it just being reclaimed. Uh, there are no impacts on water resources. It's not in a, a near a drainage. And uh, we do have that sediment trap at the bottom. Uh, weed mitigation is gonna occur. And uh, we understand the wildlife has submitted the letter and we're in agreement with uh, working within uh, uh, their request to uh, have uh, operations only occur be between July and November. Next. Uh, we also conducted a traffic study uh, that was very helpful. Uh, initially, when we uh, had the traffic impact study, it was going to be mined out to the full uh, full project, all 10 acres. Of course, that's changed. Um, what the traffic impact study did let us know is that it was safer to use uh, just tandem uh, axle trucks and not semis. So there won't be any semis hauling material off of that site. And uh, further, uh, it, it talked about sight lines and, and safety. And so the plan has been reduced considerably and the traffic impact has been reduced considerably from what was originally planned. And the noise, as we discussed, is mitigated by distance, terrain, and stockpiles. Uh, no, no jake breaks are gonna be used. We've committed to that. I don't know why it, it seems to continue to be, to show up that we're, that's a, a firm commitment. Um, limited hours of operation, now, um, based on Parks and Wildlife's letter, uh, really the hours of operation are gonna be from July through November, or the months of operation, I'm sorry, are gonna be from July through November. Um, seven to five, it's a pretty short day, trying to minimize the impact and conduct the noisy activity in the middle of the day when there's a lot of other noise already occurring. And uh, it'll be shorter if there's anything that has to occur uh, from November through March, but really it's gonna be covered in snow. The only reason we included that was just to be able to visit the site and make sure there weren't any problems up there. There wasn't really ever an intention to be mining in the wintertime. That was only gonna be a seasonal activity and that was gonna be during the summer months, spring and summer and fall months. Um, so the operations are not gonna be continuous. Uh, we have committed to dust mitigation. We'll be using a water truck to manage that. And uh, there will be gravel surface on the, on the roads that will help in that uh, along 
keeping the dust down as well. And then uh, we didn't really get a request for a detailed dust suppression plan. So that's what we committed to was watering it in times of high dust. Next slide, please. So there's an important distinction in Route County's regulations between industrial uses and mining and resource extraction. And here we've uh, called the commission's attention to that distinction. Um, what we're talking about um, in our uh, special use permit application is uh, resource extraction. It is not industrial use. It is not um, uh, processing of materials uh, that occurs at some of the other larger, more intensive mine sites in the county. Um, this is simply resource extraction. Next slide. And resource extraction is absolutely compatible with agriculture and forestry zoning under the county standards. Um, notably, there's no limit on parcel sizes. That was an issue staff made in its report. Um, we're talking only 12% of or less of Terra's property. And if you look at many of the other mine sites, uh, one in particular, Peabody's Red Rock Pit, uh, that's, that mine is 58% of the extent of the property by comparison. Mm -hmm. Next slide. Um, so speaking of other mine sites, um, in the middle of this slide is a red dot that depicts the site. Um, the closest mine site uh, is six miles north. And as you can see from the scattering of yellow dots uh, below the red dot, uh, many of the mines in Route County are in much closer proximity than this would ever be um, uh, to any other mine. Uh, so the, the idea of cumulative impacts or having too much uh, of this activity concentrated as a result of this application uh, just doesn't hold merit. Uh, compliance with county regulations, uh, we firmly believe this application is consistent with Rock County's master plan, its zoning regulations, and other standards. Um, again, resource extraction is absolutely compatible with ag and forestry zoned properties. Uh, this is a rural area. Uh, it is not near a recreational or residential areas or other incompatible uses. Um, it will not significantly affect the historic use, intensity of use, or character or area of the property. And the remainder of the property is going to remain unaltered uh, before, during, and even better after uh, as this uh, site will be reclaimed, uh, much as Tony has described to you. Um, so post-reclamation use is going to be uh, compatible with surrounding uses. And uh, as Tony has described, um, we uh, have impacts uh, uh, mitigated throughout the application and in our commitments to the county. Um, in, in conclusion, uh, we ask planning to approve our uh, greatly modified application uh, for limited extraction, uh, beneficial use of the material that's required to be removed from the site to safely reclaim the 
the high wall and to um, provide the slope and the, the building site for the barn uh, that Ms. Sanders would like. Um, uh, she's worked hard to uh, bring this property into compliance at significant time, trouble, and expense. And uh, I, I believe throughout the process, uh, she's evidenced her dedication and uh, hard work to try to persevere, per, uh, persevere to those ends. Um, happy to take any questions and uh, would appreciate reserving just a little time uh, following staff's presentation and if need be after any public comments. Um. <clears throat> Mr. Holsinger, thank you. I think at this point in time, I'd like to turn it to staff and then we'll open up for commissioner questions unless you have a burning question that you're right now. Okay. Alan? Now I need to make sure. All right, so we are here to consider the special use permit for the Sanders gravel pit. So procedurally, uh, Planning Commission makes a re recommendation to the Board of County Commissioners who have the decision on this application. This application was submitted prior to the adoption of the 2022 master plan. So review was based on the 2005 master plan. As stated, the original application was for a two-phase 10-acre pit and after concerns were expressed by staff, the proposal was revised to make a smaller pit. Review in the staff report is based on this revised proposal. Uh, we are going to go over the proposal and issues identified by staff on the revision. And it is our assessment that this use is not appropriate on this site and is, does not represent the minimum amount of mining and hauling that's required to make the site safe. Therefore, staff is recommending denial. And there were findings of fact in the staff packet that explained the non-compliance with the zoning regs and the master plan. And those will get detailed later on in this presentation. So uh, Mr. Olsinger is right that mines are allowed in the agriculture forestry zone district if, and I want to stress, if it is determined to be appropriate. Um, applications are evaluated against the zoning regulations and the master plan to determine if it's appropriate. And this same review process was conducted for all of the other gravel pits that have been approved and denied in the county. Uh, so a little bit of history about the site. There, there are anecdotal accounts that the previous landowner used this site as a gravel pit. Um, we, the planning department never knew about it uh, and the use did not rise to a level of violation 
And so there was no enforcement action taken and there was no requirement to get a permit from the county because of that. Uh, again, the landowner purchased the property in 2022. Uh, planning department received a complaint in the summer of 21 about material being mined and hauled. Um, staff posted the season to sit and mining and hauling ceased. And the applicant did obtain a permit from the Division of Reclamation, Mining, and Safety, and are in the process of going through the special use permit application. So uh, this is a 35-acre parcel with a residence and several accessory structures. It has a residential and ag use. The neighboring properties include residential and ag uses as well. There are four residences within 2,000 feet of the extraction site, with one of them being the applicants. The neighbor to the west stated that noise was an issue when it was operating in the summer of 21. Access, access is approximately 2.3 miles north of Mad Creek and approximately 3,300 feet south of the intersection of County Road 129 and 54. The private driveway is approximately 12 feet wide. And there is a 300 foot, 50 foot tall high wall, which is the vertical face of excavation in the southwest portion of the site. There's a drainage that runs parallel to the extraction site on the west side of the road. So the application is to remedy a dangerous situation by cutting the high wall back to a three to one slope. It's going to be approximately 4.3 acre permit boundary. It's accessed off of County Road 129 via a private driveway. Their proposal is to mine and haul up to 50,000 cubic yards of material, which equates to approximately 75,000 tons. Uh, the hours of operation, they went over uh, screening and mixing of materials proposed on site but no crushing or washing is proposed. Uh, Stockpiles are proposed to be 20 to 10 to 20 feet tall. Um, hauling will only occur with dump trucks, which typically have a 10 yard capacity. The post mining land use is grazing and a future building site. And if the planning commission is inclined to approve this, staff is recommending a two year permit period to minimize impacts to the neighbors. And so in order to haul 50,000 cubic yards of material, it would take approximately 5,000 trucks, which equates to 10,000 trips in and out of the site. Um, CPW was recommending a four and a half restrictions that would result in a four and a half month operating season. And staff was recommending a two-year permit period. And to haul this amount of material with these restrictions in place, it would take 27 trucks per day, which equates to 54 trips. So the goal of the applicant in the county is to remedy this unsafe situation. However, the method on how to do that differs between staff and applicants. The applicant is proposing to cut the high wall back to a three-to-one slope, which would require the mining at 50,000 cubic yards, and they propose to haul that material off site. And their reasoning for this is that a sloped foundation of native material is much less subjected to erosion, etc. While this is true, stable soil foundations can be created on hill slopes. They're done all the time. Uh, so an alternative 
would be what is depicted on the screen. Uh, and based on staff's evaluation of their request, this is not an appropriate use at this site. And therefore, the minimum amount of mining and hauling should be used to rectify this dangerous situation. This would be accomplished by balancing the cuts and fills on the site. To do this, the material at the top would be excavated and filled in below the high wall. Uh, to create that stable soil foundation, a course of material would be laid down, would be watered and then compacted, and this is repeated until the desired height and slope is achieved. So staff did an analysis of uh, other pits that exist in the county, pits that have been operating since before the adoption of zoning and are considered grandfathered and did not go through any county review were omitted from this list. And those include the Bear River Pit near Milner and the Redman Pit near Stagecoach. The average parcel size of the parcels that pits are located on is 586 acres. The one proposed right now is 35, so significantly smaller than what has been approved in California. And all of those pits have direct access to the county road system or the state highway system and do not have to drive onto or through any other parcels not owned by the operator. Uh, and to address their comment about the, the Red Rock Pit, that's located, y'all heard that a renewal of that earlier this summer, and that is located in a very sparsely populated area of the county with very large parcels that surround it and not a lot of uh, uh, people to impact. So the referrals, they did, get a, as mentioned before, they did get a permit from the Division of Reclamation, Mining and Safety. And however, their review is limited to operation of the pit. They do not review offsite impacts. That is left up to the local jurisdiction. And there is a condition of approval in their DRMS permit that requires compliance with all local permitting requirements. Uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife had concerns for elk and sharp-tailed grouse in the winter, and so they recommended uh, operating restrictions from November 15th to June 30th. Um, CPW's comments were received prior to the uh, revision to reduce the scope of the application, and after that occurred, staff reached out to CPW to see if their comments were still applicable, and they said yes. Uh, Route County Road and Bridge did not have any major concerns with the traffic study. Uh, the study said that the road can handle this type of traffic. The study did recommend that a sign be placed south of the pit alerting drivers and also recommended removing a bush to the south of the access to increase sight distance. And Road and Bridge supports all efforts to increase sight distance. So mitigation techniques that have been proposed by the applicant include no use of jade brakes, uh, signage on the access road, and strategic placement of stockpiles. Um, staff does not believe, and the strategic placement of stockpiles was to help uh, reduce noise impacts. Staff does not believe that this is achievable due to the small work area, the location of the road, and the loose circular pattern that is uh, proposed. Uh, some mitigation techniques recommended by the referral agencies 
um, includes signage on 129, uh, widening the access road from 12 feet to 22 feet. And so the standards that are in the zoning regulations for width of a driveway are based on a residential use. That standard does not take into account any other types of operations that may be occurring on that road. So where a 12-foot driveway is adequate for one residence, uh, a 12-foot driveway is not adequate for one residence and a gravel pit and other users uh, using that road. So Roden Bridge has suggested that the access road be widened from 12 feet to 22 feet. And this would allow users of the easement safely pass all trucks. However, this could have unintended impacts, and that's mainly erosion and stormwater runoff into the adjacent drainage uh, due to the cuts and fills that would be required to widen the road. Uh, planning staff has recommended a limit to the number of years the pit can operate. CPW has recommended timing restrictions on when it can operate. And then another option available to planning commissions to limit the number of truck chip trucks that can access the pit per day. Um, if this is planning commission's preferred mitigation technique and 54 trips per day is too much, then the length of the permit period should be further discussed. And so now, so now we'll go into uh, non-compliance with the master plan. Uh, the proposal does not comply with the following policies of the 2005 master plan and 338 growth center proximity. This pit is not located within the vicinity of one of the growth centers identified in the 05 master plan. It's not even within the vicinity of any of the tier one, two, or three growth centers identified in the 2022 master plan. Uh, 4.3b, altering historical use. This proposal would change the historical use of the property, which has been extraction of gravel for on-site use and ag. Uh, policies 511 and 7.3c, significant safety concerns. Staff has concerns for the safety of the other users of the access drive. Uh, other users of the access drive have also expressed concern due to the fact that it is only 22 or 12 feet wide and is not does not have enough room for other users or vehicles to safely pass all traffic. And again, uh, Road and Bridge has recommended that it be wide to 22 feet. Uh, 7.3T, sufficient separation distance from other mines. And 7.3R, limitation of all distances. There are pits close to, there's a pit close to Clark, which is the Fetchervale pit, and a pit several pits close to Steamboat Springs, the Doubles Pit west of town, and then Steamboat Sand and Gravel south of town, that can supply the needs of these markets. Being close to these markets limits the distance that material must be hauled. Since this pit is not within the vicinity of the growth center, it will require a larger haul distance to access those markets than these current pits. Because of this, this pit adds unnecessary heavy truck traffic to the busiest county road and add significant negative impacts to roads in the surrounding areas. Uh, it's not in compliance with following standards in the zoning regulations. 6.1.2 consistency with master plan. 
Uh, the proposal is not consistent with the master plan based on the policy cited. Uh, 617I and 610J. Uh, the county does have standards in the zoning regulations. However, state statute is more restrictive than the standards found in the zoning regulations. And the state standards require uh, an operation to meet a 55 decibel reading 25 feet from the property line. The property line is approximately 170 feet from the high walls. So that's where uh, extraction will occur, but uh, truck traffic will be even closer to the property line than that uh, than the extraction site. 617K, 613B, and 9.2.8, land use compatibility. This site is surrounded by residential and ad uses, and based on safety and noise concerns, this use is not compatible with the surrounding land uses. 6.2.4N and 9.2B, sufficient, sufficient separation distances from other mines. Uh, the comments related to master plan policy 7.3T and 7.3R that I just mentioned um, apply to it, these standards as well. And then 6.2.4Q and 9.2F, all routes, um, there are no other ways to route haul traffic that would not have similar impacts to what is proposed. Um, so the issues from the four discussions from the staff report are up on the screen, and uh, we would be interested to hear your opinion on these. And then options that are available to you. Approve uh, as presented with suggested conditions, table for more information, and option three, which is recommended by planning staff, is to deny the application based on the regulations and the policy that we've decided. And that's all I have for now. It's enough, Alan. Thank you. Good job. Um, I'll start off with questions for commission from commissioners to either staff or uh, the petitioner or is the petitioner. Um, Steve, I know that um, the petitioner would also like an opportunity to uh, comment after we made our presentation. So, so if you, if, if you all have questions for staff that you'd like us to ask, but at some point they would like an opportunity. Understood. Understood. Um, I'd like to lead off with just a couple of questions. Sure. That can be actually answered by either. Do we know um, how much material is actually shipped offsite? Number one. I, I do not know that. Okay. Perhaps the petitioner does. And then, and, and associated with that, do we know um, were those sales recorded and were sales tax collected? Maybe I have to lean towards the petitioner for that question. Uh, Mr. Chair, um, we, we don't know. Um, our client um, simply understood that the previous owner had done that. And again, given the scope of the high wall, um, it's, it's 
at least clear to us that material had to have been removed from the site. How much, um, I, I don't know, and I don't know if Tony would have any thoughts on that. So, so then would it be fair to say, based on that answer, that no materials were shipped off-site subsequent to the petitioner's ownership? Uh, no, that's not correct. The, the petitioner was issued a notice of violation uh, because I believe they were removing some material from the site. I, I don't think it was much at all, uh, but, but that's what led to our application. But in terms of quantity and whether or not sales were recorded and sales tax collected, we don't know? I'm not aware. Okay. Any other interest questions for the petitioner or staff at this point? I mean, I, can I keep on going? Just a few? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm a bit confused, and I, some of it's petitioner language and some of it's staff language, actually. I think I thought I thought I saw on more than one occasion the term screening and the term mixing. Can someone help me with what that really means? Because I'm interested to know. Uh, Ken, you want to take that one? Tony, maybe you could address that. Yep. It's like a soccer match, uh, kicking it around here. Uh, yes, the screening would be a very uh, a limited amount, uh, possibly to, uh, you know, have a product that's more, there's a rocky layer in there. Somebody may want, want something like that uh, for lining a drainage, for instance, uh, below a culvert, something like that. So there could be some limited screening. Uh, mixing is just simply, uh, basically, as it's removed from the from its in situ occurrence, uh, it's going to get mixed up, and uh, it would just be very rudimentary with a front end loader, dozer, track hoe, that sort of thing. Uh, very little, really, no processing is occurring on this operation. The screening mechanical. Oh, it'd be something like a grizzly. Do you know what that is? It's just a, yes, a, metal, a metal grate kind of. It might it'd be something like that. But not a mechanical engine driven. No. Vibrating screen. Okay. No, no. For those, there's some of us that don't know what a grizzly is. Could you explain that, please? Uh, it's, uh, oh, a series of hor horizontal metal slats that would be uh, raised up in the air. You would drop. Uh, material through it, the smaller material would fall through and larger material would get screened off. So like larger rocks, you could, they come in different sizes. It could be two, four, six, eight, 10, 12 inch, you know, different, different sizes. But typically you might want to try and remove say uh, four inch or larger rocks. So that's, it's, it's a very rudimentary uh, separation. Um, I want to follow up on Steve, your, your the second half of your question. How much material was removed before the season cleared order came through for the corn cargo? How many truckloads basically 
we could figure by the size of the hill, but what was the complaint for and how many trucks did it take to cause this complaint? Um, so when we were on site, so I was doing a site visit up north and saw three or four trucks come out of the pit. And then later that day, when we were on site, there were another four or five that showed up to get loaded. And based on the complaint that we got, it sounded like it had been going on for several, at least several days prior to us being on site. And um, assuming that they were operating the same length of time during the day that I witnessed the first truck and then when we were there, Later on that day, it's our assumption that they were operating all day, those several days that they were operating. When you did see those, did you uh, ask or find out where those trucks were going to? Uh, they were going to the home ranch for work that they were doing on their riding right out there. Was the grizzly going at that time? Uh, there was no screen on the site when we were there. I don't, maybe I missed it, but has there been a volume calculation done of what has physically been removed there? There has not. But well, part of the problem with the volume calculation is you don't know at what point in time it started. Well, I do. Oh, I, well, I, well, you, but you can't testify. So, yeah. but I mean, to, to try to isolate when it got started at what rate it was going, I don't you know what I'm asking? Yeah. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is having lived up there and worked around these properties in your late 90s, early 2000s, I don't remember that. And I would remember that. And I don't know if I'm out of order here, but that is a very large tri-wall. It's 50 feet high. It was a minor amount of disturbance around 2000 or 2001. And so I'm looking at it and just going, there's no way all that material, the road, the access he's been in question was a dirt road at that point. I was on it in the early 2000s and it wasn't gravel yet. And somewhere it became gravel, obviously, but there's not nearly enough gravel in that road to come out of that highway. So that's implying that it's been coming off site for a while in some format. That's, I think it, it is important to try and understand how much of this problem uh, that the applicant needs to reclaim now, they inherited versus they created. That was kind of my point. Yeah, yeah. Trying to go backwards. <clears throat> yeah. Because that, yeah. That right, right. So, and that's I, I can say that the, the pit's been clearly visible from Google Earth for 15 years prior to our client's ownership. So this was clearly a, a historic issue here. And, and frankly, um, you know, some, some of it does speak to the local demand for this material too. Our client's been approached by folks in the vicinity that would like to use gravel. And so we'd like to accomplish a beneficial use of that gravel while we make the site safe. Uh, the question is, question, Brown, did you, what do you know about the Gila pit or the Fetcher pit? How much capacity is left? Where they're at for special use? You know, uh, so left up there. the Elam pit, they expanded in 
not that long ago, five years ago. So they were close to being mined out, but they expanded. I give me a minute, I can I can find that information for you. I, there's there's significant demand. Oh, there's no question. I would debate that canyon there. I mean, what, what's happening at Steamboat Lake? And, and, um, so it'd be interesting to hear you know, those numbers as we process it if possible. Uh, again, just a general question, probably more so for the petitioner specifically. Um, Mr. Waldron. Do we know, or has the petitioner indicated the use of that slope or said differently? Are you proposing to build on it? On the slope itself? Yes. No. Yes. I so. no. Okay. no, I don't think so. That will be uh, rangeland, essentially. <laughs> okay. There is a level area at the toe of that slope presently that would potentially be used for building on. Uh, that's the area that I think, if I look at the drawings correctly, is kind of bounded by the yellow line and the pink line. Um, yes, I, I think so. I, I'm not looking at the drawing presently, but... If you look at well, that, it says that. potential building equipment storage yeah. site. So yeah, yeah, you would think. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yep. One of the other comments that I have is we heard a lot about the reclamation from the petitioner. We didn't hear much about the mining, but in the staff report, it's clearly they want 50,000 cubic feet. Yards. And, and Tony, yards. Excuse me, 50,000 cubic yards. And they're requesting a 3 to 1 slope. Alan pointed out what his thoughts were in terms of a different slope. What exactly is that slope? When he, you know, it's it's still a three to one slope. It yeah. is three to one. Yeah. yeah. How much material in in your proposal would need to be excavated? I I we should focus on the application at hand and not what alternatives would be because. I did, I'm not qualified to make those types of calculations that requires a civil engineer to do that. Uh, our focus on what was applied for, not what potential alternatives would be. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole point of bringing that up was to show that, was to illustrate the fact that um, it does not represent the minimum amount of mining and hauling that would be required to make the site safe. Based on their proposal. And Tony, this might be a good opportunity for you to address some of those questions. Well, so um, the division is the authority in, in uh, reviewing and approving the reclamation plans, uh, as Kent pointed out in his presentation with that regulation uh, 109.3. And um, that's what we were operating off of when we uh, designed and uh, submitted that application. Uh, our intent was for that three to one slope to advance further back, further north and east. Um, but when it became apparent that the county was not going to be supportive, the county staff wasn't going to be supportive of that, we just felt that it was 
necessary to reclaim that site. It's very important to reclaim the site. And I don't think we need, I think we need to keep focused on that. And um, in my opinion, uh, and I've looked at a lot of sites, I, I worked for the state for 30 years. I did inspections every month, uh, five to 10 inspections every month for that period of time. Um, where I find, where I found problems, whether it was a coal mine or a gravel pit or a, a quarry or it didn't matter where it was, when you're doing those fills, uh, you often have failures in that area. And I, we never requested that um, there'd be a constructed fill like that unless the operator themselves were doing that. And sometimes in a, in a quarry situation, they might do that. But it's just better to do, have, start out with that geotechnically stable base and that's in situ material. So grading that back to three to one is just a much better approach. And that requires a cut of about 50,000 yards. That's and Tony, <clears throat> I, I recall on the 50,000 yards, was that about, was it about 7% of what the DM, DRMS permit allowed, something like that? Correct, where we are, the, the original permit application that was approved by DRMS without comment from Parks and Wildlife or, or the county, I might add, is was the, about 70,000 tons a year. And uh, what we're talking about now is 50,000 cubic yards total or probably about 70,000 tons total. So uh, less than 10% probably of, of what the original application requested. And, and commissioners, the, the issue about the duration of this permit is an important one as well. Uh, you know, staff uh, uh, calculated the number of trucks per day over a two year period. A, a two year period would be likely impossible with the timing restrictions uh, to accomplish much of anything at the site. Um, so we uh, would ask the commission to consider uh, a five to seven year permit instead. And, and with that longer duration, these things can be accomplished and with much less trucking impact. And one last quick postscript there relative to the access road. Um, the applicant would be willing to construct a pull-off point uh, so that there's um, uh, virtually no chance of conflict between traffic on the road as well. So there's been a lot of discussion about the DRMS permit, and they, certain, they certainly have a role in uh, permitting this pit, but again, they do not take into account off-site impacts. That's the county's jurisdiction. And uh, I agree that this pit could be operated safely. It's the off-site impacts that are the reason for staff's recommend, recommendation of denial. It's not the, the operation of the pit, except for the noise, um, but it's the off-site impacts that are the issue here, not the, the compliance with state regulations for operation of the gravel pit. And Ren, to answer your question about the Fetcher Vale pit, so we haven't gotten uh, a report for the 2022 season, but for the 21 season, they sold 52,380 tons 
and their estimated reserves were approximately 325,000 pounds. So, can I ask a question? What are your options? Not now. Please. You will be given the opportunity to. Sorry. Um, 50 some odd thousand you said last year? Uh, 52,000 in the one okay. with an estimated 325,000 tons. Gotcha. Um, I think. Mr. Holsinger, I think at this point in time, if you would like to take the opportunity to respond to some of staff's comments over and above that, which has actually kind of happened already. Uh, feel free to do so. Otherwise, I'm going to turn this over to public comment. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, Tony, anything else from your perspective before I march through the last few things? Uh, no, no, I don't think so at this point. Um, I just, I just don't want everybody to lose focus that this it's important that this site get reclaimed. And uh, in my opinion, I think in, in the applicant's opinion, the best way to do that is to remove some of the material from the site uh, in order to accomplish this. And it's really a pretty minimal amount of material uh, in order to safeguard the site. So oh, with that, I'll let you go ahead, Kent, and respond to some of those issues. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, Commissioners, the, the, the last issues that I'll, I'll walk through will, real quick were some of the staff's proposed conditions. And um, uh, we find uh, many of the conditions to be excessive, overly burdensome, and duplicative. Um, as an example, condition two uh, would simply revoke the special use permit if there were any complaints. Um, certainly, if there were violations or something like that, we could understand such a dramatic remedy. Um, relative to condition five, um, again, many of the issues staff raise are within the exclusive, exclusive um, uh, jurisdiction of DRMS and state statute. Um, so many of uh, the conditions relative to air, water, noise um, are, we believe, strongly are preempted. Um, condition 12, um, uh, weed control is, is one example. Um, we talked about condition 13, two years would be um, wholly insufficient to accomplish these goals. Uh, so a longer term, uh, we believe, would certainly be merited. Um, as in regards to reporting, um, there are many reporting requirements to DRMS already. Those can easily, easily be gleaned from the DRMS website, but we're not opposed to supplying those to the county as well. Um, and numerous conditions of the more than 50 we see in the event um, you were to approve this application, again, we believe are duplicative, unnecessary, and preempted. Um, your zoning regulations, section 5.1.2, um, uh, lays out that uh, your intent is not to do unnecessarily 
duplicative regulations. Um, so a number of conditions, 22, 4, 5, 7, 9, 30, 31, 43, 46, uh, we would put into that category. Um, the access road we've talked about, uh, again, to alleviate concerns, um, our client would be willing to construct um, a passable access. There's, um, at, there is one place on the access road that would work. But again, the, uh, primarily the traffic on the access road is our client. And it is um, extremely sparsely used, uh, but for perhaps the first 120 feet that's used by another landowner. Um, also conditions that we thought were inappropriate. There's, there's no need for flaggers. Uh, it was never identified in the traffic study. Um, and uh, the applicant has agreed to uh, signage um, uh, to let folks know about trucks entering and leaving the county road. Um, on conditions 38 and 41, um, unless the applicant were to cause damage to the county roads, it, it's not the applicant's job to maintain or repair county roads. Um, and finally, uh, condition 47, again, we're getting into um, uh, issues that are squarely addressed within DRMS um, uh, that were never requested by staff and um, uh, frankly, just outside the scope of the review here. So again, we, um, uh, we take a, a different view of staff and firmly believe that this is absolutely compatible, not only with land use uh, in this rural area, uh, but with the county standards and with its master plan. And again, thank you. Alan, you want to respond or we hold off for a bit? Uh, yeah, I can respond. Um, so most of the conditions that he referenced are standard conditions that show up in a lot of permits that the county issues. And so the, it's not uh, above and beyond based on this particular application. It's standard county practice for most of those conditions. Uh, we do not believe that it is duplicating anything. It's just reiterating what the requirements are of the state. And if you have to comply with them no matter what, then what's the problem with having them in, in the permit? It's kind of like a sister's approach. And, and to that, I, no, they are not consistent <laughs> with what's in the DRMS okay. permit. They sure. are quite different. Continue, Alan. Um, condition number 35 uh, is a standard condition that gets added in. Um, the traffic study is based on uh, anticipated conditions. There are times where those anticipated conditions are exceeded. And if those anticipated conditions are exceeded, they could result in um, situations where flaggers may be required. And so we're not saying that flaggers have to be there for whenever the pit is operating, but we are saying that there could be situations where those are warranted. So, um, and that is a standard condition that goes into every single permit that the county issues. Um, the repair of county roads is uh, if the road is damaged by the applicant's operation, 
why should the taxpayers at large be responsible for that repair? Uh, the coal mine, they had a road maintenance agreement in place with the county, which they uh, calculate the amount of traffic that's on there, the corresponding impact to the road, and what that maintenance is, and they pay the county on a yearly basis based on that formula. This is no different, except for uh, there is no agreement in place, but if there are situations where the applicant's operation damages the road, the county will get in touch with them and discuss remedies for it and costs for repairs. So um, it's uh, he's making this sound like this is uh, above and beyond what the county typically does, but if you're familiar with how the county operates and land use decisions, it is 100% in line with everything that the county does. Y'all seen several gravel pit application renewals this summer, and um, pretty much every single one of those conditions that he just cited is are in those permits as well. Uh, the one that caught my attention really quickly was the, the very first one, and he had uh, something about revoking the permit for violation. Well, so the standard. Well, it, the word is, I think the word in there that I read it is may. Well, it says maybe pause for review of the SUP at right. any time. So they just and come back to us. Yeah. 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 I mean, we have a review process that right. staff does not have the unilateral authority to revoke a permit. For this particular application, for this permit, the Board of County Commissioners has the exactly. ability to remove, amend, or add conditions to a permit. Staff and Planning Commission do not. That is a standard type of condition in all of our use permits that you see. It's right. in the regulations and it's carried over for every permit that is approved in the county. As far as the preemption goes, uh, that issue was brought up to us at four o'clock this afternoon. So we have no, um, gotcha. no response, but we did deal with a lot of preemption issues uh, a decade ago when oil and gas was, was big here. And um, there was no mention that maybe our gravel pit regulations were preempted by, by state statute. Okay, um, before I open it up to the public, <clears throat> I need three minutes for break. Yeah, but I Is that a good idea? Sure. Thank you. In water.
to develop inflation so like sales tax and different things to base off of base off of old calculation to do there time I'd like to open up um, comments for the public. What I'd also not like to do, what we'll also do is respond to questions and or issues raised during the public comment period after the public comments, so as to avoid getting to one-on-one -on -one dialogues, which based on experience go on forever or can't go on forever. So with that, I'll open up for public comment. 
And by the way, anyone who is in the audience or participating in person, I'd appreciate it if you use the lectern. It just makes it a little bit better for all of us. And please identify uh, yourself. Um, and when appropriate, um, proximity to the petitioner's property in sight. Would you prefer in-person versus? Yes, I would actually. So, sure. First one, head at it. Um, I guess I can say something. You, may, you surely may. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Makes it a little bit easier. Thank you. It's very so I'm Tara Sanders. I'm the one who bought the property. And I happen to know that there was a lot of gravel taken off of this gravel site, gravel pit before I bought the property. Um, I talked to the previous owner. He said that he was taking gravel off the gravel pit. Someone turned him in, the county came to him, told him he couldn't do it anymore. The county actually talked to him about permitting it because they were doing road work out there and wanted to um, and could use that gravel. It was close to the road work. He didn't. He chose not to do that, but he was also told by the county that he could give the gravel away, but he could not sell the gravel and continue to do that. That's what created most of that high wall. And then. That's what he told me when I bought it is you can't sell the gravel, you can give it away. So that's where I got into this. And now I have inherited something that I have to spend the money to reclaim, which according to DRMS, this has to be reclaimed. I had to put up a $40,000 bond in order to reclaim this site. So this has become a huge burden to me financially to reclaim this site. And it's something that I did not cause to begin with. So that's just what I have to say about it. Thank you. Next, please. Hi, uh, my name is Scott Eckford. I'm the uh, local steamboat resident and local business owner. Um, I own the 50 acres directly to the north of the site. Um, the easement, uh, the private easement that comes up, the private residential easement that comes up um, is primarily through my property. It's also through Troy Brookshire's property and Clay Meyer's property and then Borders um, Ari's as well. And so um, I uh, am here speaking on behalf of myself, Ari Hugendorn, Troy Brookshire and Clay Meyer. Uh, the four of us share the road easement with the Sanders property. And we four represent the other individuals uh, that have this easement and use it on a regular basis. Um, I want to say thank you to Rowe County, uh, to Alan and the staff um, for recommending denial of the application. Uh, they did a thorough job of preventing the burdens that be placed on us as surrounding landowners. Um, um, you should have a copy from our attorney who's also uh, present here at the meeting uh, representing us and um, outlining the same um, objections that, that he has to uh, the master plan, um, the county regulation, um, et cetera. Um, I don't wanna go through all the, the, the reasons the application should be denied. Um, I do have a copy here. Um, I think Alan did a nice job point by point going through those and, and just saying, you know, it really doesn't fit. 
Uh, a couple one, a couple of that just stick out to me to be reiterated is the zoning regulation 92 general standards for all mining resource extraction and accessory uses. The standards contained in the section are mandatory. The use must comply with them or it cannot be allowed. For the section, all mining uses shall comply with the following standards, and there's several. The one is shall be compatible with surrounding agricultural, residential, um, uh, and recreational land uses. Um, a few of the other ones um, we talked about is the Fletcher Vale pit uh, that sits on 674 acres, not 35 acres. Um, and uh, uh, we're talking about truck traffic will not access the mine operation through residential or commercial areas. Um, we have seeked legal opinion on the easement, on our residential easement to be used for commercial use. Obviously, it's very narrow. If any of you were to drive on that, you would just, there's no reason to think that two trucks could pass. It's impossible. Um, and then um, also, you know, I, I understand from Alan that, you know, I don't have a building permit, but I did uh, buy the land in the fall. Um, we contacted the county, the realtor contacted the county. Uh, we were told, yes, an illegal pit was operating. Um, they do need to reclamate it. They had to post a bond to that effect. Uh, the purchase price uh, was $800,000. Um, I've since talked to the realtor and friend, Cam Boyd. Um, he's saying, you know, if you have a mine right there, your property's worth maybe 100,000, but that's to the landowner. Um, I've been working with uh, uh, Becker Design Build on, on a barn, barn dominium and home plans. Um, I understand that may not have any bearing, but it, this does um, carry a significant weight for me and my family um, on a personal level. Um, I do want to address a few things that um, Anthony Walden had mentioned and also Ken, um, the attorneys representing uh, the Sanders application. Um, so he stated that material be take, be needed uh, to be taken away from the site. Um, I do have some friends that are in the excavation business uh, that have looked at the site. Um, one does own a gravel pit as well. Um, neither wanted to be on public record. They know her brothers, um, but they said, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Um, nothing needs to be taken off. It can be leveled to a three-to-one ratio, uh, no problem. And literally, um, it happened and coincided with, with Alan. Um, so I think if there is some discrepancy there, I would encourage uh, Route County to uh, get third-party opinions from other excavators because I did, and they stated that. Um, the other thing was um, we I talked to the state as well on the permit, and um, you know they talk a lot about oh the state issued this permit, the state issued this permit. And when I spoke with them, they said you know we issued most of the permits. They're really the burden is on the county. Uh, we we're concerned with the safety of it. We're concerned with is it coming on a state road? Is it is it going to affect us as a state? Um, really, these permits aren't that difficult to get, um, but they did go on and on about the wall, and, and I know Ari had spoken with them as well, um, but really the burden the, where the rubber meets the road is, is with the county and, and not necessarily with the state, and I felt a lot of, oh, the state approved it, the state approved it, um, and really, um, based on my conversation with them, it, it's a county issue, um, and then as far as the traffic, uh, most of the traffic being the client, uh, all winter, uh, the road was only open to my property and to the Myers property. And then also when I purchased the property, there's a fence across it. Um, and that property is primarily accessed through, I think it's Wheeler Creek Lane or another road. So, um, and, and, and this uh, gravel pit that was operating illegally is directly on the lot line, uh, sharing the property with me. 
and and certainly with that purchase price for me, which is a huge amount of money um, for me. And um, it was, you know, talking to the county, understanding, you know, will this be reclamated, this this scar on the land? Um, and and you know, it, I was told it would would be, and you know, obviously here now we're here. Um, but those are uh, my comments in a nutshell. If anyone has any questions, for me. I know I said that there would be no questions, but. I have to violate my own words for a minute. <laughs> Sorry. Then I've got your name and I've got a Troy Brookshire. Who are the other adjacent owners that you were talking with? Or, I'm sorry? Claymeyer. Okay. And R. Dorn. And the four of us, to my knowledge, are the only other four that are part of this private residential easement. Okay. I'm sorry to do that to you, but. No, not at all. I, I mean, I'm looking at the elevation letter and there was three names as opposed to four. And that's what got me confused. Perfect. Next, please. Hi, my name is Clay Meyer. I am. Well, I won't point because you can't see. I can't point very good. I Alan can point for you, though. <laughs> yeah, that's me. So that piece of property, I access off of 129 through this road that they're gonna access. And I did kind of want to point out that the traffic study did not address that easement road. They addressed 129 and 129. You cannot have two cars entering and exiting on 129. It's impossible to do. That's where my mailbox is. My mailbox was hit last time, replaced it twice. But if if there's a truck coming off of 129 to turn in there and I'm leaving my house, 129 is going to get backed up. Period. Um, I also wanted to point out because they made a big point that saying Tara's house was her residence was the closest to the pit, but they don't drive by her house. And they leave. They drive down that road by my house. She also has, and, she, and they said that she accesses that road the most, but she has a whole other access road over here that goes to 129, which was intended for that residence before this whole pit was done. Um, And, and I get the biggest kick out of Jake breaks. And I honestly think that's my fault. Because when Alan asked me if it was very noisy, we had the conversation. I'm like, yeah, they, when the trucks go down, the noise is very loud because they're basically in like first gear because they're loaded with however many tons our trucks carry, right? So I don't know what a Jake break is. I, I think it's for when you're coming down like the Raptors or something. I don't, I don't know. When you put a truck that's that loaded down in first gear, that road is very steep and very narrow. And it's loud. And I don't think what people really realize about that kind of noise is, if you could stand in the air and listen to that noise, it's not that bad. Go in your house and shut the door. And that sound bounces on your windows. 
So it's way louder. I guess that's it. Thank you, sir. Uh, next, please. Yeah. I'm uh, Ari Rubendorf, and I have a ranch that surrounds the, uh, the pit, so to speak, on three different sides, south, east, and north. And the question was asked as to when this easement was came about. Actually, I was responsible for it, because when I bought the ranch in 2006, I requested that I have an official easement. But from my lower parcel to the upper parcel. And that was in 2006. And it was a dirt, I mean, it was reported and engineered. And it started out as just a dirt road. And the person that was leasing my ranch, he was living in Paris house of Buff at the time. And he wanted to make the track trail kind of a road type so he could use his horse or his horse trailer going up and down to it. And that's the way that started. And that's the way it really was narrowed. And over time, it was made larger and larger until what's there today. That gives you a little background on the easement, which is really a private one. And I, I'm responsible if I started. Thank you, sir. Uh, George Eck, I'm the attorney. I'll keep it short. Uh, just two things. The special use permit is the highest review standard the county has. The code says it must meet all of the code requirements. Staff, staff is giving you two dozen or more reasons why it doesn't um you might disagree but you don't have to disagree with two dozen or a dozen things um two staff has presented a perfectly uh reasonable alternative approach of on-site grading they won't be able to make money off that but and they might need a new new permit but it won't cause the impacts to the neighbors and it will remediate the site so that's what should happen. Thanks. Thank you, sir. We have somebody uh, over Zoom. Okay. Uh, Chris's iPad. Yes, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, this is Troy Brookshire. And I, uh, I just wanted to add a couple of comments that I've heard about here. And it seemed like, um, the petitioner was willing to put up signs and comply with uh, some of the requirements for the access. Um, unless the county is changed, I don't believe that they're gonna allow uh, signage in the county road right away. And myself and my brother own the land on both sides of that access road where it intersects uh, County Road 129. So just as a, as a side note. How do you know? 
Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I wonder if Troy will call back maybe. Can you hear me now? Can, can you hear us? I can hear you. Yes, I can hear you. Okay, hold on. Sounds like they can hear us, but we can't hear them. Just. Can you hear us now? Yes. Um, we could try calling the number, but we don't know what that is. If somebody can ask them. That's not just Troy. We can't hear anybody either. Are you, Are you able to hear us? Christy, this is Troy on my cell phone. Mm -hmm. Can can you hear me now? Only Christy can hear oh, Only me. <laughs> can you figure out the app? Yeah, or you could put it on speaker, I guess. Oh, there you go. Hold on. <laughs> talking, Troy. Yeah, um, I don't know where, where you lost me, but I just trying to make a point that the access road where it intersects 129, um, we have not been contacted to place any signage uh, on our property outside of the county road right away. And the last I knew, Route County did not allow signage in their right away. So it, in order to uh, fulfill Mr. Holsinger's uh, uh, idea about putting signage uh, for this pit. I'm not sure where they plan to put it. Um, I think that when I first saw this application and knowing that road uh, and then in their own application, they indicated it being 12 feet wide. And I've heard numerous assertions by Mr. Holsinger that 12 feet is just fine for a commercial gravel pit. I really question that Route County has ever approved any gravel pit with a 12 foot wide ingress and egress road. So if they were to comply with uh, Mike Morty's goal of creating a 22 foot wide road, uh, I think Alan mentioned earlier during his presentation that in order to do that, there's significant amounts of cut and fill along that road to widen it to 25 foot, or excuse me, 22 foot wide. And I don't know if there's conditions in this approval that require those cuts and fills to also be 
uh, sloped and reclaimed. And it seems to me that if you open up a whole bunch more road cuts, you're gonna open up a whole lot more erosion and it, it's only gonna exacerbate you know, a, bad, a bad deal. And then the petitioner seemed to indicate that that road is gravel. And Mr. Hukendorn referred to that. The only gravel that's on that road was when the prior owner wanted to use this road to access what is now Tara's house. Before that, it was a two-track, a literally a two-track Jeep trail. And the prior owner went in there, took gravel out of this pit and put about two inches all the way down from what was his house down to 129. So to really insinuate that the existing road is any way adequate for a commercial operation with, uh, with numerous trips in and out daily is, is something that I, 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 again, I initially wanted to hope, uh, hope to get planning commission out there for a site visit, which I don't think that occurred, but um, the road in and of itself has been sort of bluff, uh, brushed off and ignored and nobody paid attention until Mike Morty's letter and Mike hit it on the head that it is inadequate for private users. So it almost feels like what the petitioner is saying is, is that we're using this road, so nobody else is gonna be using it. Well, there's no, pre, there's no preclusion, whether it's Mr. Eckberg or Mr. Hugendorn or Mr. Meyer or myself from using that road at any time we so choose. So I don't think it's fair to expect us to shut down and not use that road just because they're running dump trucks in and out of that pit. So anyway, I appreciate your time. Um, thank you for your deliberations and good luck. Thank you. Thank you. I think, I think we still have to use is there a way that if we, if we look at them, can we get them to see us? Is that a yes or a no? I'm thinking not. Can, can you hear us now? Um, I can hear you now, but I couldn't understand that last conversation. There's a lot of reverb or echo. It's not echoing now, though. That's okay. okay. Was there a question? Uh, nope, not right at this point. I believe there might be some more public comment. I didn't touch it. Hang on, I'm just waiting. Okay, so you can move on. Any other? No, I think it's. He's got to mute his. Okay, go ahead. Thanks. 
Well, that's the like this microphone is what's working, but it's still picking you up when you talk and putting it out on the speaker. Okay. Anyone else wish to address the commissioners? Thank you. Hi, my name is Delva. I'm sorry. There's nobody else over um, Zoom. Nobody is over. Anyone else present this evening? Uh, this is Tony Baldwin. Sir, sir. Can Can you guys hear me? Hello. Can this this is Tony Waldron? Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Oh, I'm having a lot of trouble. There seems to be a lot of echoing going I'm on. I'm going to bring my laptop closer to you all. Okay. Um, to use that and turn the video on. Um, so <clears throat> the applicant can see um, what is going on because we have to use the volume from one of these computers. I, I just had a question. Could could somebody explain what the last commenter just reiterate what the last commenter was saying? I, I was unable. Uh, to my question was whether the pitch is good. I understand correctly. Uh, 
that is part of the permit a bond has in fact been posted I'm sorry I still could not couldn't understand I did catch a question whether a bond has been posted. The answer is yes. And the value of that bond is calculated. Oh, Uh, DRMS calculates the value of that bond based on their best estimate of reclamation costs. So, can he hear me okay? So my question is, that's what I thought. So when the DNR calculated the cost to reclaim the site, would it be fair to understand that they calculated that cost based on the existing conditions as it stands? I believe so, unless Tony, you have other thoughts to add. Well, the, the bond was based on the worst case disturbance, which more or less mimics what is out there presently. Uh, it would have been at full mine out the cost to reclaim it or anywhere in between. Uh, and it, it's to uh, reduce that high wall, replace topsoil seed. So it, the bond is adequate to cover the disturbance that exists out there presently. Thank you. And maybe just to be clear, the bond is is kind of just an insurance policy in case the operator. I do have some some comments that I'd like to make. Um, so landowners are responsible for all activities that take place on their land, whether it was created by them, whether it was an inherited situation, whatever the situation is. Landowners are responsible for all activities on their land and the state that their land is in. Is there something contacted the county to confirm what the previous landowner had told her? And in relation to the previous landowner, uh, I've been told that Road and Bridge said that they would buy gravel from this pit if they permitted it. They never decided to permit it. So um, there's um, so they 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 never operated as such. And, and if, if this, this application, application is denied, denied there is a way to make this situation safe. All they, All they have, have to do is get a grading and excavating permit from the county, move the, and move the material around on site. Um, as if material has to be taken off of site, then a special use permit is required. Um, and currently it's unknown whether material would have to be taken off site to, to remedy that situation. That, that is something that a civil engineer would have to do the calculations on uh, to, to make that determination. And after those are uh, after those calculations are made and it is determined that material has to be taken off site, 
and they could reapply for a special use permit to be able to do that. And Mr. Chair, if I might respond to that. Oh, I, uh oh. Can he? Ken, did you want to say something? Yes, we're still having a terrible feedback on audio, but I think I was able to catch that. And, um, you know, what you all heard tonight was uh, an expert in the field, Tony Waldron, with over 30 years experience, saying that this, it, this plan that we've come forth with is the best way to handle this situation. Um, that, that staff would now uh, propose that, that we have to go seek a civil engineer to illuminate us on this topic isn't, isn't necessary. Um, in, in, I might also add in regards to the access road, um, Tara Sanders has every right under her access easement to use that road and to use it in this fashion. Can't can't understand you. Can't could you repeat what you just said? Yes. Um, Tony Waldron has over thirty years' experience on these issues. Um, the only contrary opinion uh, to what Tony has recommended and the applicant has brought forward. Uh, is by staff who admits they're no expert in the field um, or by unnamed competitors uh, who won't identify themselves and clearly have an economic interest in uh, selling their own gravel. Um, so the idea that um, uh, a civil engineer would be required to calculate uh, the, the amount of material um, doesn't seem necessary to me. Comments. I was from Ken, actually, I thought, but as long as we have sound working. Um, otherwise, go ahead. I have challenges, and I don't know if it's necessarily in our purview, but in reviewing these, there is language for private use, and I agree with Ken. The applicant has full use of this easement, but the definition of that use type, I think, is something that I'd like to hear more from George. Um, and again, I apologize if this is not quite in our purview, but it is apparent there's not enough teeth in this easement to limit this restricted this type of use. And you know, there's a side that. We go through this process tonight, and I'd like to hear if there are other avenues um, in terms of this easement restricting that use. And, and I, I recognize that George may not want to show his hand, but at the same time, I think it has some, some bearing on our decision tonight, because to me, it comes down to this easement. If this was her private drive to the public road, I think you, I would be absorbing this differently. But don't you think that would be a civil matter where you know I would be brought into a court and they would be deciding and if they said no, 
then they won't be able to do this use right. even if we gave it approval. I I agree. I just for some reason I it's on well I, I think your comment about and I guess we're having a bit of a round table whether we like it or not. Sorry. Um, it's okay. Uh, I think your comment about the easement is appropriate, and I think it makes some sense, but I think there's a bigger picture out there. And the bigger picture issue to me is the petitioner is full well indicating clearly that um, the ultimate end goal is to get rid of the high wall as it exists today. The debate seems to me in front of us is, are there more than one way of getting rid of that high wall? Petitioner has indicated already that, you know, to do so is going to be expensive. But the facts are, the reality is, Department of da, 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 from the state of Colorado, forget the acronym, has already, you know, required a bond to do just that. So to that extent, uh, the fact that the petitioner would like to mine additional material out of there to accomplish that, I'm not sure that's really necessary. Um, the engineering part of it is, hey, how would you go about doing that? I don't think we need to deal with that because the Colorado, again, Department of Mines and Safety, I guess it is, has already kind of figured that out. And the cost and the dollars are set aside. I mean, past that point, the next debate gets to be, if you want to get past that point, is this a good spot for a mining operation? That's what you really want to grow with. Bill, you're 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 wrinkling your brow. Yeah, uh, I have to go back to where we started. Make sure you speak loudly so that the microphone computer can pick up. The uh, one of the original comments was: uh, Is this a private situation that she needs to take care of? And she was told by the previous Tara was told that. Uh, from the previous owner that uh, the county would buy gravel as it was permitted. And then she was told also that if she gave the gravel away, which I've heard this before, over on 131, that you know, the gravel could be given away, but it could not be sold within the steamboat area. But at the same time, right now, if no gravel was leaving, there wouldn't be a commercial sale. It would just be re reclaimed. So I'm, I'm tossing up between, do we have a, a gravel pit that's giving away gravel or she's selling gravel to all kinds of different people, which I think where representation has gotten us to, this is a commercial outfit that is selling gravel through the easement. The easement, I think we've, we kind of got to that too. That's it's like there's a lot of people complaining about how this easement is used. I I perceive that it's been used. It's a it's a use. It's almost grandfathered in for several years. But how much use? That was also in this 300 pages of what we're looking at. I take exception to your comment though about it's not grandfathered in. Grandfather implies it was legal. Definitely. So you can't do that. Regulations. When was this? 
don't know. This version is 20. Yeah. A question on point of fact is it taking the gravels off site or is it selling them? I thought it was just taking them off site. It's taking it off site. Yeah. The, mon the money's in material. It's just literally taking it off site. That's the issue. Yeah, I think that. The reality is, in an in operation like this, if that gravel is being used to maintain a road network system within the property, we have no say so, and it's perfectly fine. It's once you get past that. Me, what I think is, uh, is an issue is the capital use of uh, the mine and uh, the applicability of it. And I think Alan kind of stated it well with um, if it's appropriate. And I think the 35 acres is kind of that big selling point for me where it's just so hard to say that that compared to the other mines that are 200 plus, uh, you know, on average. Um, and to say that all the other uses around are pretty much that ag forestry and people are, as it appears that, you know, are around there very much aware of that and using um, the zone district as appropriately for that. So I think that and the noise, um, th those are the big impacts to me that are kind of what makes me feel that the use is just not compatible in this area. Um, I'm a, uh, a bit confused about one of the items for discussion, and Alan, I'm addressing you on this. I think I have the answer to my confusion, but it's a little obscure. In item number four, um, I'm sorry, item number three, is the pit sufficiently within the vicinity of a designated growth center? Oh, I see what you're going with this. Never mind. Disregard. I got it. <laughs> sorry. Um, Linda, where's your head at? Thoughts? I look at the issues, I think, very similar to Greg. And in addition, um, I just don't see that this is a safe use in regards to County Road 129 and the other users of the access road. Um, I think that it is... Uh, given what appears to be the number of trucks that would have to operate to remove the amount of gravel that uh, the petitioner is seeking to um, sell or give away or whatever, uh, I think that is a high use for that area. And I realize that I think it's Roden Bridge who said 129 can handle it. But I think that really goes to the that road is you know, substantial enough and big enough to handle it. But uh, I just have concerns that, that that kind of truck traffic on a road that has become more and more recreational use and um, the continued ag use, you know, the moving of cattle, the, uh, the ability to operate all of the agriculture uh, ranches along the Elk River on 129 um, is 
is a significant use for that road as well. And I can't uh, see the safety uh, on 129 uh, not being impacted by that. Uh, but I agree with, I think what Greg has pointed out, I don't think it's compatible with the area. Ryan? Um, this, pre this particular section of uh, 129 doesn't really have much of a shoulder at all on it. Uh, it didn't start till further up, get up by the Moonville Schoolhouse. I, I lived up there for 14 years or so. And uh, if we put a bunch of trucks on that road, we're going to lose some people, some cyclists. I mean, permanently yeah. lose them. Uh, the bicycle traffic, the recreational traffic in the summer, just unless you, it's just almost off the charts by our standards. And although I'm sympathetic to the petitioner, because uh, this was not something of her doing, I still look at this and go, what the heck are we doing here? You know, this is not, the gravel's got to go eight miles to get to the nearest real market, which is the Clark area, uh, and really up the hill past that, which the Elam pit has to do. I am, I would like the competition for the uh, Elam pit. That would be kind of good. Uh, I like that part, but I, I, this, it seems like we just backed into this thing historically and find ourselves here today. And yet I look at it and go, if they came in with an application for a gravel pit in that location, fresh, without any of the history, uh, I think we'd be saying no, just because of its location. That's my feeling. <coughs> Where we're at today, I was trying to find some resolution. Right. And I'm not, you know, I haven't, I'm not enough of an engineer to understand if it can be, if that material can be spread on site or if some needs to be. Simply put, there is demand in the north end of 129. Whether Elam can supply that demand, the dump trucks can. So you're seeing dump trucks coming up 129 from the steamboat market through the canyon and north. And so the impacts are going to be there if, in fact, the demand is there. And I suspect that demand is there. So um, that offsite component doesn't weigh as heavily with me because those dump trucks can spread up and down this road based on what I saw in terms of demand in, in that Humboldt Lake, what was sold up there in the last number of years. So the impact, those offsite impacts are gonna be there. Um, you know, the question really is, is there a resolution that we can help this applicant with? Or is it just, you know, it's not something that we can permit and they have to find an on-site solution? Um. I would concur with your approach about the, the need and demand. And if there's anyone that is a supporter of the gravel industry, it's me. However, there's a time and place for them all. And regrettably, and unfortunately, this is not one of them in my opinion, it's in the wrong address. You are correct that the truck traffic is going to be there whether we like it or not, whether it's gonna come from Elam going south and or north, or whether it's gonna come from Steamboat Lake, or that, I just grab them. Then I agree with that, but I don't think that's the issue here. The real issue here, and as evidenced by the petitioner's own desire, is that it's really the, the ultimate end goal is to get rid of that highway. I, I concur, and I applaud them for that approach, and I think that's great. 
However, it's also clear to me that the ability to do that is present is evidenced by the fact that they've already posted a bond with the Colorado Department of Mines and Safety. And it can be done. It doesn't need to result in traffic considerations and the dust and the noise, and even those aren't all that critical. But that site is just not appropriate for a gravel mining operation. And I think you hit it on the head when you said, Brian, if this were a brand new operation starting from square one, ain't gonna happen. We would not approve that and support it. But that's my opinion. Comments? I mean, I, I kind of would like to go through the items for discussion one by one. I'm gonna do a little bit backwards and just find out from the commissioners if there's, let's do it this way, if there's support or yeses. So for an example, in the very first one, is this use compatible with the surrounding residential and agricultural land uses? I mean, my sense is we're all kind of on the same page and the answer is no. Mr. Chairman. And then the next one is, does the proposed mine plan present the minimum amount of mining and hauling required to make the site safe? I don't know if we have an answer to that or not. I mean, my sense is it's not even required based on what the state is saying to us or state is saying to the petitioner actually. But I think that given the mine plan as presented with 75,000 tons yeah, of material going off site, I don't know that. Um, huh? 52,000. I thought there was yards. Yards. Careful. Right. He's got, um, he can um, yeah, the next one, and again, I, I don't, probably question number two is a little bit more technical than I think the commissioners are probably in a response, in a position to answer. Uh, is this piss sufficiently within the vicinity of designated growth centers? I don't know, I suppose it's halfway between Steamboat Springs and Clark. But in the interim, you've got pits in between. So. And are we basing this off of the old master plan as well? Because the, none of that would be really gross. Exactly. Right, right. And it is old master plan. It's a tree of three. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, can this pit be operated in a manner that is safe to public traveling on CR 2129, County Route, and other users? I think we've pretty much beat that one to death. I don't think there's any essence around. And then, can the offsite impacts be appropriately mitigated through the conditions of approval? I don't know. I think I have a sense of where the commissioners would like to go with this. Um, yes. No. No. I, I, I think the answer is no, Alan, right? No. Yeah, no, no. Mr. Chairman. Mining could continue to take place <laughs> for interior purposes. I mean, we'd 
to have no say in that. And again, there's another solution that's available, but I think it's already been talked about and covered. Um, go to Road and Bridge and get a grading permit. And life goes on. Um, but in effect, that's already been accomplished with the permit from the Department of Mines and Safety. One of these days, I'm gonna get that whole thing right, that title, but in the interim. Any additional questions or comments from the commissioners for staff or the petitioner? Mr. Chairman, can you hear me? No. Okay. Mr. Chairman, can you hear me? Uh, I think at this point in time, I'd be receptive to a motion of some type. I move we deny EL 2021-0004 with conditions listed within the packet and more. Deny the recommendation, I think you meant to say. Deny the recommendation. Yes. I'll second. We have a second from Bill. Is that right? Did you? Okay. We have a motion and a second uh, discussion on the motion. Hearing none, all those in favor of the motion to deny the petition, petition excuse me, please signify by saying yes. Opposed, say no. Chair votes yes. Petition is denied. Thank you, all of you, for your participation this evening. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Christy, staff, report. Uh, yes, for everybody. Hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. Oh, good. Our master plan. Okay, we're going to take two minutes. Okay. Really nice. Holy cow. Yes, they're. Uh, that looks like a calendar. I know. I know we're going to get. I think you are. Why is it eight and a half by 11? No, I don't. <laughs> if I did, I wouldn't have the question. Yeah, I know. I know. Christy, I actually, when I first, when I first got that draft, I actually sat down and try to cut the pages in half to make it work. And it took me about six pages to figure out, this isn't going to happen. What the hell did you do? That's the master plan. No, it's fine. I just, we're having fun with so we will be um, putting these out to everybody. Good. Oh, digital copies is better about 
And it doesn't do double echo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Yeah, you just look oh, thank you, Dan. You're welcome. Look at that. Whenever you feel you want to give that Yeah, there you go. That works. Um, our next meeting. Uh, I think so. Oh, hi. Um, so yeah, that has never happened. Oh. Yeah, that was a new show. Yeah. And that was just the owls shutting off. And, and it wasn't anybody touching fingers that did it. Well, it was hard.